Good morning, everyone. It's good to see everyone here this morning. If you would, as we begin our worship this morning, if you bow with me, uh, we'll get started. God, it truly is good to be here this morning. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to be here. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have to sing praise to you, to uh, open our hearts, open our minds, dear Lord. Dear Lord, I pray this morning as we gather around the table um, that we remember, as we remember your son Jesus, his body, his blood, I pray that we remember the brokenness uh, and the love that you have for us through him. Dear Lord, for those that aren't able to be here with us this morning, dear Lord, I pray for comfort. Dear Lord, I pray that you uh, are with them. For those that are here with us this morning, dear Lord, that are hurting, dear Lord, I pray for comfort and peace. I pray that your hand be on their shoulder, dear Lord. And as we worship here this morning, I pray that everything that we do here is pleasing to you. We love you and thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is holy ground. We're standing on holy ground. For the Please, my Jesus. 
reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. Matthew 9, 35 through 38. 
Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, <clears throat> because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for this day that you've blessed us with. Father, we're thankful for the rain that is trying to fall and will hopefully fall today, Lord. Father, we pray for um, those among us that are, um, that are struggling right now, Lord, and may be suffering. Father, um, we lift up Steve Williams in your, uh, to you. Father, we pray for a full recovery from uh, his surgery. Father, we pray for uh, the Correll family and for that loss, Lord. We'll, we are thankful for Mike uh, for just last week, Lord, standing here and presiding over your table and speaking about memories, Lord. Um, we're thankful for him, and we just pray for grace and mercy for that family. We pray for strength and healing. God, we ask a blessing on every marriage that is here. We're thankful for the prayers that have been answered. Lord, continue to pray for uh, Lila Napier and that family. Father, we pray that uh, you be with the doctors and the nurses that are tending to her in that situation. Lord, give uh, Nate and Laura and all of her siblings strength and courage to get through that whole situation. We're thankful for the improvements that we have seen here at the health of our congregation, Lord, and we know that regardless of the outcome of what we pray for, Lord, that you are in control, and we're thankful for that. Most of all, we're thankful for Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let his praises reign. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God, Yeah. 
Jesus is 
kind of struggled with what to say. So I tried to jot it down. It's been a bit of a tough week with what happened to Steve Williams, the loss of Mike, and Lord knows who else here is going through some troubles. But we are not promised that every day will be a good day. When Satan brought sin into this world, that changed a lot of things. But through God's divine love, he made a way. His son, Jesus, he paid for our sins. And as, as Jesus hung on that cross in unbelievable pain, he didn't ask for revenge. Instead, he asked his Father, our God, not to hold this sin against them. That's incredible love that he's shown us. And we need to be more loving like that. We need to give thanks and remember that these emblems that Christ chose, the bread, his body, and the fruit of the vine, his precious blood, so that we can all go to heaven and all days will be good days. So if you join me in prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your son, that he come to this world, he made a new covenant. He opened the way for us to get into heaven, Lord, that we could be forgiven. And Father, we pray that as we partake of this bread, the emblem of his precious body, which he's, that he suffered through great pain on that cross, that uh, we'll take of it in a manner pleasing to thee. In Jesus' holy name, amen.
Christ chose two emblems, his, the bread, which represents his body, which was the forgiveness part, and then the blood, the fruit of the vine, which he chose to represent the washing. Because uh, none of us want to get to heaven, be wearing a white robe with a big old nasty stain of sin on us, but his blood washed us clean, so we'll all be standing there in a white robe, as shining as bright as can be. So let's give thanks for the fruit of the vine. Father God, we thank you again for this emblem which represents Christ's precious blood which was shed through many wounds. His blood that washed us clean so that you would see the stain of sin on us no more. Father, we pray that as we partake of this emblem, we'll do so in a manner pleasing to thee. In Jesus' holy name, amen. In sunlight off of my journey over the mountains through the deep valley, Jesus has said, I'll never forsake thee. Promise divine that never can fail. Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight, flooding my soul with glory divine. Hallelujah. Shadows around me, shadows above me, never 
sunshine. Good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. Um, so you've been following with us the last few weeks, so we're going to keep doing what we're doing. But let's pray first and ask God to keep blessing us because the worship's been wonderful and we want to keep moving in that vein. God, thank you so much for this day. All the blessings you shower on us every day, God, but today uh, we're here together. And Lord, we're here together with one another, with family and friends and loved ones, those you love dearly, God, and those we love dearly. You've taught us to get to do that with one another, and we do. And Father, we're here with hearts that feel very torn, very blessed, very hopeful, and very broken. And Lord, I pray that you would just continue to move us toward you um, with greater faith in you, trust in you, 
Father, not that all the pain goes away immediately, but that you're with us in all of it, Father, from, from the greatest of highs to the crushing heartaches that come our way. And Father, pray this morning that you be with Joan and her family, be with the, uh, Steve and Jill and all those who love them. Oh, we all love them. And God, thank you for, we'll say over and over again, we know we weren't built for this place. We're built for you. So thanks for receiving us home uh, when those times come. And be with those of us who are still here doing this thing with you and for you and together. We mean to do it well, God. Help us to do this well. Bless us today. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So I'm working through this, give me your eyes, um, you know, uh, these thoughts that, that go along with those kinds of things. Um, the idea behind that, the idea is that we don't see well, or, or maybe we don't see so well, or I don't know, man, we just, you have two eyes, you just don't, you're, so often spiritually we're the, the we're like my wife and I, Chris and I, when I'm, I'm like, honey, where's the milk? And she's like, it's right in the fridge. I don't see the milk, and I'm looking for the milk, and it's right in the fridge. You know, she washes, she goes, do you mean this, the milk? We do this with one another. We do it in every part of our lives, but we especially tend to have a problem, these blind spots spiritually. And we've talked about how the world and the church itself is suffering because of, not because it is because their their struggle and their broken and sin is in the world, but it's also because our blind spots don't allow us to see them so well. We talked a lot about statistics and things like that, but I just want to get into the the message today and just kind of let it work through us. Um, the scripture reading we've been working with the last few weeks is just this out of Matthew chapter nine. Jesus, uh, you know, he's been healing and teaching, blessing and loving and seeing. And that's what we're after, right? The give me your eyes. The question, while this is here on the screen, I ask you is, have you ever felt overlooked? Have you ever been the one that somebody didn't see? Or if they did see you, they saw you incorrectly. I was... um, when we were in Honduras, this lady um, asked me uh, if I would mail a package for her back to, she'd bought a gaming device for, for a child. It didn't work. It's gonna, it takes forever to get something back to the States from there. Hey, will you put this in your, your luggage, take it back, mail it to my daughter. She'll mail it to the company. They'll give us a reimbursement. And I'm like, oh, and I hope there's nothing in this that's gonna get me in trouble. That would be my luck, right? It's like, it's not mine. So, so I'm like, sure, I'll be glad to do this for you. I never knew the lady, but Amber knew her, so I'm like, we'll take care of this, right? So I get here, I go to the post office in Wheelersburg, and um, I wait in line, There's several people. It's, I don't know, it closes at like 4.30, I think. It's like 4.15, so I'm early. And, um, and so I wait in line. And I wait, and I wait, it's 4.20, it's 4.25, you know, and finally about 4.27, it's my turn. Nobody else behind me, they're locking the door, yes. This one guy comes in, he's getting his his mail out. If you've been to the Wheelersburg Post Office, you know they got the place where you get your mail, your own mailboxes, and then the place where you see the folks. 
He comes in, and I'm now, I put this package up. I'm explaining while I'm, while I'm, while I'm explaining. He says, if I put this in the mailbox, will it get postmarked today? And my first thought, you know, I turn around, and he's right here. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm big. And I waited my turn. I'm the last guy. There's not anyone else after me, just him. But it's not fast enough. And he's like, and she's like, pardon me? He's like, if I put this in the mailbox out there, will it get postmarked today? And she's trying to crunch our numbers, and I'm, you know, it's now getting closer to closing time. And I'll just look at him. I'm mad. I'm just shocked. I'm like looking going, what, like, I, I, I waited. <laughs> That lady, and then that man, and that lady, and that he never acknowledged this guy a foot taller than him was even in the room. He's like breathing on me. I can feel him breathe. I breathe back. Hey, it's like, wow, there's a spirit in the room. I don't know. He didn't acknowledge that I was there at all. And I watch. And the more she tossed him, I lean a little closer. I'm like, hey. I don't say anything, but I'm like, do you see me? Never in the whole conversation. She has to take care of him over me. And I'm like, wow, I'm like invisible. Like I'm not even here. I'm, I'm pretty tall, you know? I'm pretty, and it just, it's not, I'm not there. You ever feel like that? I did, I, it was so awakening to me, or it, 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 so, so reminding of me. This just this week, you know, I'm like, wow, this is so interesting how we don't see. I don't think he's a bad guy. I just think he's all in his world, and I, I, I'm, I'm confident, as we all would be, if we walked over here and just sat down and said, let's have a conversation. Why do we fail to see? It was because like, I'm so wrapped up in me. I'm so wrapped up in my world, what I got to do, what I got to get done, what I, you know, and all these things. And so it piles up so much that I can't see you because I'm so distracted by me. I have a really good friend in Honduras. Um, I met him, you know, when Tyler, Luke, Jordan, and I, and some of you wonderful folks were going. And he was a student uh, at Baxter. He's, he's, he's from Cuba, and he's an incredible guitarist and vocalist, and anything musically, he's amazing. Um, we've mentioned him before, but whatever I could say about him, he's so much better. And, and he, he's just this normal guy, you know? He was a student. We became friends. He graduated. He's so talented. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> he's so talented they couldn't imagine letting him go, so they hired him. You know, we're not sending you back to Cuba. We're not sending you anywhere else. You're staying right here in Baxter, which was a wise decision. He's got so much reach. He's just incredible. And so every year in Honduras, you know, when we're, 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 he's messaging me, when you're coming, I'm coming, these are the dates, I play you a concert. I'm not going to mock his broken English. I'm trying to do better with that. Um... I've been mocked a few times for my broken Spanish. It's not. <laughs> it's weird. Anyway, he's very broken, but he speaks very well. He says, I'll, I'll, I'll do a concert for you while you're here. And he does it every year. First, he, he does the choir. So there's this really cool a cappella choir from so many Latin American countries. They say who they are, where they're from, and it's beautiful. And then they go where and kind of hang out in the crowd with us. And then he gets out his guitar. And it is just, I mean, I, I keep saying, when you see Yadiel, 
you're going to be blown away. Well, they all see Yadiel along the way, but they're like, ah, he's a guy. I mean, if you talk to our guys before they see Yadiel's concert, oh, he's another nice Honduran. <laughs> he's not Honduran, he's Cuban. Well, you know, he's here with the Hondurans. Well, few of them, some are Nicaraguan, some are, but, but they resemble one another. That's just all he is, another face in the crowd that would say that. I see Yadiel at the gate. Yadiel, what's up? JB! They're like, hi. But then Yadiel does his concert, and he instructs, and, and he, he, yeah, you know, the concert guy, he does it so well, con- conducts, that's the word, he conducts the, the concert so well that, you, one, you're blown away, but you don't know what's coming next, and then he gets out his guitar, and he plays songs that you know and songs that you don't know in ways that you never thought you heard them before, and La Bamba, nobody does it better. <laughs> Nobody does it better than Yadi. He's big and he's robust and he's fun and he's talented. Incredible voice, incredible guitar. The guy at the gate that's like, hey, Yadiel, when I say, say hi to Yadiel, hey, Yadiel, when the concert's over, it's like, Yadiel, and the bus is shaking every time you see him because he's just amazing. Because you've seen him now. You, you, I mean, a guy at the post office is not going to be going, Jamie, had he known me. <laughs> but you've known I have a life and a heartbeat. At, at Mateo, when we do church there on Sunday mornings, they always ask one of us to do um, English, an English version of worship. Zach, you've done that. Jared's done that before. And then they do, that. we'll do a couple of songs in English, as some of you know, and they'll do a couple of songs in Spanish. And you love the, you love this, you love the hearing the songs. And so typically what we'll do, they'll do, because they have their versions, right? And they're like, wow, that's not so pretty. It's such a passionate language. And, and one Sunday, Leopoldo said, Jamie, you, uh, you do the worship today. I'm like, okay. Well, it's packed, and, and they're all Spanish-speaking wonderful people. And there's like 15 of us who speak English, you know, it's like, and they're way back in the back, you know, <laughs> so uh, that's not enough to be weird. What's weird is that Yadiel is their worship leader that Sunday, and he gets up and just says hello, and people just are like, God is so good, because he's so talented, and so loving, and so generous, and so encouraging, that just when he speaks, you know, he's got this charisma, you know. And so, so you love, you see him, you love him, you just want to be around him. What's the difference between a Yadiel and me at the post office or the lady at the supermarket, the, 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 the woman who everybody's <coughs> talking about or the man in the community that everybody's talking about? They're doing this stuff. They shouldn't be doing this stuff. They live like this. They shouldn't be living like this. What Jesus would say is that he would ask you if you have seen them. That's what he would say to us. When we look around at the world and we talk about the, this, this thought of give me your eyes, and then we look into this text here, he says as he's wrestling and healing and loving and blessing, it looks up, and the, the, all the, the, the you know, his disciples are with him. And it says he, you know, he, he said, when his disciple, then he says to his disciples, he's doing all this work. He says, when he sees the crowd, he has compassion on them. And he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. 
He looks around, he's loving, he's serving, he's encouraging. But then he, as he sees the crowds, he sees people who are, Scripture captures, harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He's, he's compassionate toward them because he's seen them. He saw them in the post office. He saw Yadiel before and after the guitar, and he saw him well. Saw him before the, the, the great, you know, the great choir and after. He knew him well. And, and, and in this story, he saw all these folks, and his statement was, man, they're, they're, they're harassed and helpless. They're like sheep without a shepherd. Pray that the Lord of harvest will send forth workers into the harvest field to do what? Get out the sickle and hack them down, put them in a farm. No, to bring them in to tell them there's purpose, to tell them there's hope, to tell them there's life. This seeing thing is a really big deal because it changes what harvest looks like to us. It changes what is valuable in harvest and what is nothing looks like to us because so often, unless someone is here doing work up front, they don't look like they're doing well. We have a way of making church, doing church well, we equate that with a healthy spiritual person. And a way of also going the other way, he's too timid to be up front, she is serving in the kitchen or she's serving in the community, loving, helping, teaching, doing whatever would be going on. But we don't see it, therefore, what's wrong with them spiritually? Or maybe they're a total broken soul who has fallen into the greatest of heartaches and the greatest of places. They've betrayed themselves. They've betrayed the Lord. Maybe they betrayed you. And their soul's less valuable. There's a story behind it. And what I want to show you in this scripture is their story is not different than your story except you've forgotten or I've forgotten to continue to see. Vision gets cloudy. It gets distorted when you only want to see things a certain way. And so often that's our struggle. So let's go back to where we were last week, okay? Jesus has been invited by a Pharisee to eat at his house. Some think it could be a trap, most believe it was pretty genuine. Nicodemus, Pharisee, hey, Jesus, you're pretty cool. like to hang out with you a bit, see if this is real, see if it's not. This Simon, he gets a pass from us. We are thinking he's wandering along the lines of the same thing. The, I'm not really sure yet, so I'm going to give you a 50-50 chance, Jesus. So Jesus is there with Simon hanging out and eating like we love to do. And we should do a lot more of. And he's hanging out eating with Simon, and while he's doing this, this woman comes in. Many think her to be Mary Magdalene. Some others, but some, some others don't think so much. I, it's not important to us. What's important is that we see what Jesus intended for us to see. Simon's hanging out with Jesus. This sinful woman is what the scripture calls her. Comes in and, and sits at his feet, interrupts the party. And begins to cry and in her, because of her connection to Jesus. I mean, I mean, what would you do if you were connected to Jesus? If it was so real, he's here. I mean, some would be like, yeah. And some would be like, ah. Oh. She's crying. 
She's washing her. And then she does the unthinkable. She pulls the pin out of her hair and lets it fall to his feet. Big no-no culturally. But then she begins to dry his feet with her fallen hair. And then she anoints his feet. And Simon's like, with, with perfume, very expensive. Simon's in the background thinking, okay, I was giving you a chance. <laughs> I heard you were a prophet. I was giving you a shot. But if you're really a prophet, you would know, he would know what kind of woman this is, what kind of life she's lived. And, and what you should be doing right now, what, what I should be doing right now in this story is thinking about all the folks who I have judged, misjudged, not given a shot, failed to see, because that's where this story's going. It's me in a post office. Chadiel getting ready to play his guitar. You heard the stories last week of Sylvia's mother-in-law, whose value is much greater than mine. I'm not. <laughs> Connecting with her did not make her better, makes me better. But no one should live in those conditions. That's why we tell those stories, not to say great things about anything but God and the stories. The bank of let kids or Mike Rogers on a plane, right? If you remember the stories, the story is about seeing because it teaches you so much about you. It should teach you about you. And so Jesus says to Simon, as he's thinking these things, Simon, I have something to tell you. I have something to tell you. He has a statement. Tell me, teacher, two people owed a Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and one 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love more? Good question. It's a really good question. Who's going to love more? The one who had great sin forgiven, the one who had little sin forgiven? Well, Simon replies, well, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven, you have judged correctly, Jesus says. So he's putting him in a spot. I want you to think about something, Simon. I want you to wrestle with something. And he drops this on him. He's like the one who had, and we asked the question last week, is it about, really about the, the, the amount? Is Jesus really getting about the amount or the acknowledging that it took everything of Jesus to forgive everything in me? And that's the story. Whether your sin's greater than mine or less than mine, you are equal sinner to me. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, and here's what we want to get out for a moment. Do you see this woman. And there's what we were pressing toward last week as we go into part two of last week was this, and we didn't settle too much. Do you see this woman? Do you see her, Simon? And if Simon was going to say something, he'd be like, well, frankly, no. <laughs> I know who she is. I know all the stories about her. And I, find, and I knew if you were a good Jew, you would not be letting her touch you. If you're a good church person, you wouldn't be, right? If you had your morals straight, you wouldn't be. If you cared about the church's reputation and your reputation, you would not be doing such and such. We know how this works. We've lived it our whole lives. Do you see this woman? To see, right? When Jesus saw the crowds we read a bit ago, he saw they were what? He didn't just see, oh, they're running toward me. They're at great speed. They'll be here in 6.3 seconds. 
There's 2,000 of them. There's 8,000. No, he didn't see them like that. He saw that they were harassed and helpless. There's nobody leading these folks. <laughs> and he had compassion. He had compassion on them. Simon, do you see this woman? I came to your house. You do not give me water for my feet. Now he's flipping the tables. You're looking at her and judging her morality, judging her status in life and how she's failed. I came to your house. You failed to give me proper hospitality. It's a no-brainer. I come to your house. You give me what? Water for my feet. She wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but she has not stopped from the, from the, mo the time I entered or from the... But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. The, the, the Greek here captures like a flood. She is weeping. She is kissing. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on the lesser, on my feet. And he's trying to push this into Simon. And what he's trying to say to us, if you're hearing this or what is saying for us, are you Simon? Are you the good church folk who, who, got, who have your morals correct? Who, who do the things properly in your mind while you wait in judgment how all the other church folks are going to do? And when they get involved in something with someone, good or bad, you just make judgment. Try to press separation. Try to force a fixing or a healing, or a straightening out, versus a getting nearer to Jesus, an anointing of his feet, a loving him, and saying, what would you do with all of this, Jesus? Because quite frankly, it's really heartbreaking and confusing. Now it's just easier to separate, right? Let's not feel this. Let's not see this. Let's put it somewhere else. We can do that in the States. We do it well with homelessness, and brokenness and poverty. That's what's so powerful about going somewhere else is it reframes, reshapes how you see it here. I guess, I mean, we could say this. It's different. Suddenly it's offensive when, when you see folks so valuable and so worthy of so much more than you have and they don't have it. You, you can't just write people off anywhere. Everybody's got a story. Everybody has a broken place. Everybody has a wound. And you got here the same way that they got there, in a sense. Somewhere, your brokenness led you to something. Fortunately, yours led you here. But who's going to be the one to intersect in their world and help their, their leading to here happen? And so Jesus says this to her. Not a, because you did this, your sins are forgiven. He's stating something that already happened. Therefore, I tell you, your many sins are forgiven. Um, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. So it's a, it's a past tense. Your great love is showing that there was a previous connection here. As her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven, little loves little. And so Jesus said, are your sins? You know this already, forgiven. The other guests are like, wow. Who is this that even forgives sins? And Jesus says to the woman, go away. Go in peace. <laughs> Your faith has saved you. Sorry. Now go away. 
Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. That's a big deal. That's the, that's the, the see, right? The seeing, the understanding that something is supposed to be happening with people in your world. There's another story. One chapter later, not up here, just in the story. A man is traveling from Jericho to Jerusalem, Jerusalem to Jericho. A lawyer, at, Jesus tells the story because a lawyer is asking him, how do I inherit eternal life? How can I make myself good enough? What can I do that will be so impressive, Jesus? Get my morality high. Get my actions high. Get my doing high. Get my showing up high enough that you'd be like, wow, you're getting a piece of the kingdom. And Jesus says, well, you're reading scripture. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly. Well, there's a man, and he says, he says, love your neighbor yourself. He says, well, who's my neighbor? And Jesus says, interesting that you would ask. There's a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among these robbers. They took him of everything, left him for dead. Eventually, as this man been, has been left for dead, a priest happens by, the elite of the Jews. Priest happens by, sees the man, sees the man, when he saw the man pass by on the other side, moved along, kept doing his thing. Then comes a Levite, equally as, you know, the priests are part of the Levites, so, so he's a pretty impressive guy. He's going to do what's right to do, of course. He sees the man when he saw the man. Jesus saw the crowds harass and helpless. Simon, do you see this woman? I'm right here beside you in the post office. I was in line before you. What are we doing right now? <laughs> when, they saw, when he saw the woman, he passed by on the other side. We give them a bit of a pass. I mean, they're, they're, they're more concerned. I mean, they're very concerned, highly concerned about their religious um, duties. I need to be ceremonially clean. I won't get to be a part of the service and the connection if I get ceremonially unclean, if he's a dead body, if there's, if there's, so, so, so we're like, oh, well, I mean, you got to be able to go to church. <laughs> Don't dare get involved in helping somebody if it's going to keep you from going to church. Don't damage your reputation by working with them you're a good church person. They will make you look bad. Mm. And then a Samaritan, those Samaritans, we know who they are. If you don't know, look it up. It's, a, it's an awesomely broken story. But the Samaritan, when you say, and a Samaritan, it means bad things. In other words, the Jews are going to get really convicted because this is going, Jesus saying, you are off base Samaritan comes by, and he sees the man. When he saw the man, he's moved with compassion. Jesus, when he saw the crowds harassed and helpless, he's moved with compassion. Simon, do you see this woman? He's got to build the house, guys. They're deserving of everything. Are you moved with compassion. So, so the man, the Samaritan, moved with compassion, goes, 
bandages the man, clean, or cleans the wounds, bandages, puts ointment on, do all, does all that stuff, takes it to the end, spends the night, gets up the next day, pays his bill, and then says, hey, take care of this guy, I'll be back through a couple weeks. If it costs more, put it on my tab. Samaritans couldn't be all that bad. They had a tab. People wouldn't trust me with a tab. Who do you suppose was a neighbor to the man, Jesus asks. And the, and the, and the lawyer says, the one who had mercy on him. Mercy, compassion. Those are the things Jesus is looking for. And that is the driver of vision, of sight, of seeing. If you are not seeing well, and the statistics in the world today tell us we're not seeing well. There's a couple of reasons why. The first one, I fail to see me as I really am. That's what these, par- these parables, these stories, the, the Simon and Jesus, Simon's house with the sinful woman, the, the parable of the good Samaritan, what it's supposed to do for me is force me to see me. It forces me to see me as I really am, if I want to. We can just read the scripture over and over, and you can keep going to sleep, and I can keep going to sleep. Or we can allow it to do its work, to see me as I really am. Now, let's say what that looks like. My sin, not that it's not forgiven, but I am in this constantly. My sin, the good about me also, and the struggle about me, my giftedness in God, and all of the struggles in me, all the blessings in me, all the giftedness and all the mess, pull away the props that allow me the comfort that I have and that I am. Just imagine me outside of my context. What would I be outside of my family, outside of this church, outside of my friends, outside of the blessings of the United States of America? To see me as I am, oh dear, just take me out of my family. Just take me out of this church. Just take me out of these things. I am, oh, I would be the one they were ashamed of. They would be saying, have you seen Jamie? Not, not would be then. I am. This is what I am. Welcome to you, 101. You're, you're a mess. And so the next move would be that I see my daily need for Jesus. That I, not, not that one-time salvation moment. I was baptized in 1941. I've been to church ever since. Okay. Do you ever do anything for anyone? Ever love or care or serve or get sticky or messy or yucky? You ever risk your reputation to help, to hope, to love? You ever fall again in your sin? Beg mercy? Yes? Well, you do. Then I hide it. Because <laughs> I don't want anybody to know. Oh, so you don't help any. My lead is my sin. <laughs> my lead is my struggle. It's my brokenness. It's all I got. There's no other Jamie but the messy one. And I'm not good because of that. I just have been, it's been proven over and over. The only gift in us I have is falling short and letting Jesus pick me up and telling the stories. And if you're hiding from your stories, you're, you're limiting the grace that God wants to reach out through you to share with others. 
And so I realize my daily need for him. And then I begin to see the same kinds of needs in the others, the brokenness in everybody else. If I can cut myself slack and Jesus can cut me slack, I should be cutting everybody slack, loving everybody, serving everybody, helping everybody. Because that's what he came to do, save us from our sin. Yes, but save us from ourselves. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him would have eternal life. Right? He didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Give me your eyes. I can see wonderful things in your life. Give me, give me your eyes so I can see the beauty in people. Give me your eyes so I can see me and you and you and me and us and them. We, we, we. Because it's the only way that we're going to change. It's the only way the world's going to be seen is if we begin to see them as Jesus sees them. If you're here and you desire to respond in any way, the invitation is open for you. Our elders will come forward and pray with you about that and will say openly to you, I'm trying to see better too. And they'll help you along the way with that. If you're not a child of God, they'll immerse you into him today. Whatever your desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing.
Richie Norman has come forward this morning and uh, he's just asking for, for our help in any way we can give it. Um, he's trying to battle addiction. Um, says he needs to restore his parents' home. It's, it's been stripped out. He, he just has several requests. So uh, if you would, just bow with me right now and we'll pray for, for Richie. Father, uh, we give you thanks for Richie and thank you, Father, that he was willing to come forward today and say that he needs help. Help us, Father, that, uh, that we can help meet some of these needs that he has in his life. Pray that you would push the evil one back away from him, Father, and let him have some chan a chance to rest, uh, give him some strength, and, uh, and give him courage, Father. We pray, Father, that uh, he can feel your presence near. We pray that you will keep him, Father, in the hollow of your hand. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our sister Penny Balls came forward this morning. She has been having a lot of health issues. Uh, she has uh, multiple types of arthritis that's really causing her not to be able to function and do the things that she normally would be doing. And uh, she said that's causing her to be in depression. She's struggling with depression because of that. And it's really, it's really uh, tearing her down. So she wanted us to be praying for her that she would uh, get to feeling better, that she would get out of this depression, that she would know that God is with her, that we love her and God loves her, and uh, that there's better days ahead. So if you would, bow with me, and, and we will pray on behalf of Penny. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the avenue of prayer. Father, as Jamie just uh, brought out so well this morning, that we all struggle with something. Everyone in here struggles with something, if we want to be honest and, and see ourselves as you see us, Lord. And now, Lord, we just want to pause for a moment and bring our sister Penny before you, Lord. You know her heart. You know what a great, loving person she is, Lord. She truly sees people and cares for people, Lord. And she's having some struggles now with uh, physical issues, Lord, and with some depression, Lord. We ask that you would just encourage her, strengthen her. We ask, Lord, that you would heal her, give her better days, Lord. Pray that she would feel your presence. She would feel your uh, working in her life, Lord, that she can get back about the things that she enjoys each day. We ask, Lord, you just bless her and bless Clyde as well as he's struggling physically. Lord, just watch over them. We love them so much, and we know that you do too. And we just want to thank you ahead of time, Father, for hearing this prayer. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I think uh, before we dismiss, if we're not, if we're not careful here, a revival might break out. So it's been good to be here this morning. Uh, uh, we've had quite a week. The, uh, the spectrum of our emotions go from one end to the other this week. We had, uh, of course, the passing of Mike. Uh, Mike had a stroke on Monday morning. Um, he passed on Thursday, his funeral on Saturday. 
do I, do I need to remind you about the brevity of life and the uncertainty that we, uh, we face every day? And uh, then on the bright side, I want to cover on the bright side. We had a birth here. And I want to have a, a acknowledge Sophia Mujay. Would you stand, please? She was baptized by her father on Thursday. So that's what I mean by the, uh, the spectrum of our emotions from one end to the other. Uh, I want you to take note of the uh, prayer request. We have many on there from our own congregation and, and friends of our congregation people. And uh, so I want to point out Debbie Razor is, uh, she's improving. Uh, she's got, a, got a, several weeks of a, more treatments, but she is improving. Also, uh, Eddie Davis, that we've had on our prayer list, did pass away on Tuesday. The funeral is on Tuesday, so uh, take note of that. Also, Mark Villinger, that many of us know, Mark's facing a pretty uh, serious health issue, and keep him in your mind. Steve Williams, I had a note about Steve Williams, and we got some good news there. Steve is home, he's doing really well. Uh, all things considered, he's doing really well. And uh, they want to express their appreciation for the prayers and the messages from the congregation. Uh, and I came in this morning, I had to open my own door because Steve is always out there opening the door and we miss him. These, the other housekeeping items here, the church camp, uh, it's coming up quickly, July the 9th. Also, the uh, children that are too young to go to church camp meet here at Sunshine Day Camp. And there's some items that you need uh, to provide if you want to help with that, and they're listed there in the bulletin. And uh, I think that's all the housekeeping items I want to call your attention to. If you would stand now with me, we'll, we'll dismiss, and I want to uh, be praying for these two that responded this morning. And uh, thank you. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day of worship. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for, to Jamie for the good lesson. Thank you uh, that we can be here and participate and encourage each other. Uh, go with us as we depart today and uh, keep, us, keep us focused on the important issues in life. And thank you for Jesus that he points the way and promises uh, our life in heaven. Thank you again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.